Welcome to the Brevis Consulting Living and Learning Podcast. Now to your host, Shivraj Prashad. Shivraj Prashad. I am so happy that you have chosen to join me today. As founder of Brevis, I work with a whole host of exciting folks and together have the privilege of serving companies, leaders and institutions across sectors and geographies in order to enhance their learning culture. So in effect, these five qualities, Shivraj, are designing from heart and head, which is empathy with stakeholders, second being put the mission first, third being aiming for speed over elegance, basically experimenting, improving, and so on and so forth. Fourth being owning the narrative, really making sure everybody understands the why and the what of why we're doing. And finally, embracing the long-term view. Today, I speak to Mohinish Sinha, partner Deloitte India on leading through the crisis. The top five leadership qualities needed to carry along people, organizations, and businesses successfully across the threshold into the next normal. Mohinish, thank you ever so much for speaking to me on the Brevis Living and Learning podcast. Thank you for having me, Shivraj. You have such expansive experience with leadership development and coaching across the private and public sector, international organizations, family-owned businesses, and a special interest in working with startups. So what are you hearing from those at the helm of affairs in these very unprecedented and unsettling times? Oh, indeed. These are very, very unsettling times. Uh, If there is one thing that I'm hearing from everyone is that all assumptions of doing business has been challenged. For example, we all know this one, right? Employees need to be in office in order to do work. Well, we know how that went. Assumptions around that, look, you know, senior people will tell the junior people what to do in order to deliver good work. That got questioned quite, quite seriously. We will succeed only if the economy is going really well and so on and so forth. And what we've recognized is all of these assumptions have been something that has been powering us all these years. And uh, as we came to a standstill, all of these assumptions had to be questioned. And some of the great examples we've seen are the ones where companies have started questioning each of these assumptions one by one and have seen an early success, almost like green shoots which hopefully we get to talk about as we progress in this conversation. Now, Moinish, by the time folks listen to this podcast, we will hopefully be transitioning beyond the complete lockdown into a partially liberalized regimen. Leadership we've seen around us, whether political or business, now has been operating in mission-critical mode. Now, what, from your perspective, will be the true test of leadership for what comes after? Well, the true test of leadership is taking the organization to a stage where it thrives, where it succeeds in the in the newer environment where all the assumptions, newer assumptions of working or new ways of working have been established. As you rightly said, that the response today and the immediate crisis is akin to taking buckets of water and putting out the fire, which is what, what companies did in the last three to four weeks, if you like. And that was just the beginning. We will not recover from dousing out the fire. We'll recover only if we find a way to move forward and move ahead of this challenge. Now, we've been speaking to lots of leaders across the companies, and in particular with companies who've had a head start on us, for example, companies in China. And what we found is that some of the successful ones did something remarkable to actually propel them in thriving almost immediately after their lockdown was over. So therefore, we know for clarity that the leadership behaviors needed to thrive 
are very different from the leadership behaviors into dousing out the fire. A broad sense of those behaviors is, is really recognizing it's about finding solutions to problems that we haven't any idea about how, what those look like, trying to find those answers from not just relying on individual leaders, but really a collective network of our, of our colleagues, you know, learning from each other and so on and so forth. In summary, I would say by set of leadership behaviors that allows these organizations to learn faster than the rate of change around them. Now, I know many people are extremely worried about job security, and you alluded to that in the opening and their financial future. The reason I say this, and if you'll indulge me a bit, Monish, I saw management guru Simon Sinek's TED talk a few years ago on what makes a good leader, and he draws parallels with the military where he says, and I paraphrase, people or leaders are valorized when they sacrifice themselves so others may gain. But in business, we give bonuses to people willing to sacrifice others so that we may gain. Do you believe that this pandemic and its fallout will change or even perhaps entirely upend the leadership playbook? Oh, Simon Sinek is my, my favorite author. You know, I, I would like to narrate an example, uh, and this is much before this COVID times, if you like. So many years ago, I was invited to coach a COO of a very large company. And the idea behind the coaching was to help him prepare to become a CEO. You know, one of the first conversations I had, I had an opportunity to see him in action. And this particular place of action was a monthly review meeting. Now, the context was that in that particular month, the sales performance wasn't too good. Uh, you know, they were not going to hit the budgets. So our friend started to challenge everyone around it. And this was a bunch of regional sales head, operations head, and so on and started challenging each one of them. Every time anyone would say, hey, this is the reason why I won't be able to meet the, the numbers, he knew exactly what to tell him or her to improve on the sales with a level of sharpness and aggression that literally put off everyone, but he got his, his work done. Uh, so much so that at the end of that meeting, he had commitment from everyone, not only to meet the number of budget, but actually exceeding it. You know, I was t- talking to this gentleman and he said, look, the reason why I know exactly what needs to be done, because... I've been there. I've been in these roles and I know all the tricks of the trade. So no one dare hide anything from me. Now, inherent in this example, right, is the assumption that work is done in a particular way and it hasn't changed over the years. And his value was he knew exactly how that work was done down the line, right? His relevance of knowledge was so high that, you know, they wanted somebody like him as a CEO so that he would be able to take the company to where it is. Now, think about it for a minute. What if the assumptions of doing business, uh, certainly winning in the marketplace and selling, that changed? Like COVID times, for example. We don't have anyone who knows a surefire way of winning in the marketplace, right? For that matter, any aspect of your business, right? So the only way we will solve it if we move from these bright, smart leaders and senior leaders to teams of people who are empowered who, who can go and sense what's going on, design solutions, test those solutions, improve as they go along with you. They understand they're not going to get it right in the first time. And in effect, again, creating an organization where the team is learning faster and the rate of change around in their own unique environment. So therefore, the preferred leadership behaviors are the ones which are all about relying on the value of people in the organization and recognizing beyond their ability to just do what has been told to them, but really involved in the strategic thinking, 
involved in uh, jointly designing solutions and and ways of succeeding and actually then delivering that result versus in the good old days where the boss used to think and the folks down the line basically followed what was asked. So is this what many in your industry like Josh Burson are calling the big reset? This crisis which is acting like a global awakening to how we approach work, life and some of the simplest priorities. Oh, indeed. This is a reset in ways that it's difficult to fathom. But just as a sort of initial starters, is that we spoke a lot about organizations. If you spend a few minutes to think about the leaders themselves, one thing we know that the leaders are more stressed in times like these. Why stressed? Because there is a pressure on them to not only solve the, the business challenges and so on, but dealing with the challenge and stress of their employees dealing with the challenge and stress of their own home environment because they're also managing their spouse, their kids, and their community in the part of. As a consequence of that, they're learning that you know, there ought to be different priorities in life. So I have had some of these leaders talk about how they spend early part of the day meeting up with the neighbors, making sure older neighbors, they are looked after well, they have food available to them in case they need any help to go to the doctors. This person would go out and make sure that they are looked after well and then they attend to work. Even at work, they take frequent breaks to check in with their colleagues how they are doing. I know of one very senior leader as a CEO would actually run a joint meditation session with some of his peers. It never happened like that. So indeed, it's pointing to that reset as these leaders deal with this changed context in in a real way. Given what you said, what then will be three to five key leadership qualities that will be essential for the success and sustainability of any enterprise now? So we've had the advantage of learning from countries and companies who saw this earlier, as well as our extensive research into what we call as resilient leadership, is basically in in various times in the history, uh, what really helped leaders thrive. We found there were five characteristics of leaders or leader behavior that allowed them to be that resilient leader, drive success and sustainability, as you put it. And I'll try and sort of give examples as, as much as I can. The first and the foremost is the quality of designing solutions from the heart and the head. And what I mean by that is, uh, look, you know, the, the obvious solution, like, I, I, and, I, and there are companies who have done this, right? They look at it, uh, we're going to be 70% of our business plan in the end of the year. You know what? Our cost structures are very high, so we have to shed 20% of our costs. Therefore, employees need to fire. Logical, right? But, you know, moment you do that, you have a challenge that you are not really designed for the environment that's ahead that allows you to thrive in environment ahead. It just might be a limited time that we're going to be dealing with a with a speed bump, if you like, and, and making us to have lesser revenues, lesser sales. The smart companies or companies who are operating with foresight, they are designing with not just the head as well as heart. So to further the narrative, it's not just looking at, hey, we're going to be meeting only 70, 75 or 70% of our, of our budgets. However, the the 20% of our people who perhaps are not contributing to our current bottom line, why don't we find a way to have them and all of those people to engage in thinking, how can they make this business in the constraints we have more successful? So for example, in this one company that we know of, uh, they decided to put their mind around 
why don't we come out with technology solution to aid and support the internal operations in the way they do we do business this is a bank a private bank and and what they decided was that look we will make uh, technology solutions for our relationship guys or operations guys and classically in good old days it used to take uh, something like 6 to 9 months to build one application a technology application they managed to do it in 2 weeks flat and not just do in 2 weeks flat but they made sure that every business heads inputs were brought in into it all the decision making was done and it made sure that every person in their in their organization could use it to actually solve their own core problems that they had to in order to get business uh, designing from the heart and the head so it's all about empathy with the stakeholders how they are they are dealing with it the second quality we've seen is putting the mission first as, as to who we are let's just be that and stand for the mission of of what we stand for so uh, for ourselves in deloitte it has been in a lot about value for our people we call it people first and therefore everything is put around how can we f- do what's the right thing for our people it automatically become right for our business so putting the mission first aiming for speed over elegance part of the example i gave of the bank as well let's move fast there are many other examples where uh, the, the organizations are testing ideas quicker and basis the feedback improving those ideas so one other example of speed over elegance is a company which was completely in physical retail stores in 2 weeks flat they built the capacity to do business online right and and they had a small revenue or sales through it they tested it they found that it was over a period of 3 or 4 weeks subsequent to that there was better adoption with and they continued improving the solution and now they have you know 6 weeks down a, a reasonably good solution through which they are able to generate revenues owning the narrative and this is uh, this is the critical part is about helping people down the line understand why are we doing what we're doing and what is it that we are doing in order to succeed not just limited to few people in the top but really across owned up down the line and that happens because the leaders are constantly talking to everyone talking to their teams talking to their customers talking to their partners in supply chain for example i i heard an amazing one uh, one of the other companies uh, fmcd a consumer durables company the owner basically said that they are talking to their partners people who supply you know raw materials to say look i know we don't have any business but i'm going to make sure that you guys are looked after so that when we actually come back to business you know we are thriving together as an overall ecosystem and they in turn and a lot of these partners themselves did exactly the same thing with their employees they did not go out and fire their people they made sure they looked after them even then there was no business so owning the narrative taking it there and finally it's the embracing the long term view i think the simple idea behind long term view is the recognition that hey we stand changed by this in a way to ask ourselves as to what are the things we will shed and what are the new things that we will do from now onwards so that we don't go back into the days where we had weaknesses in the way we operated in our business and and we are operating from a strength of being able to succeed in environments like this so in effect shivraj there are five qualities i mentioned about first is designing from heart and head where we have empathy with stakeholders second is putting the mission first third is aiming for speed over elegance testing experimenting improving fourth being owning the narrative everybody understands why and what we are doing and of course thinking from embracing a long term view not just now but really stand changed forever 
Finally, if I were to ask you, what is the one key message you have for those most concerned with issues of leading businesses to success into the next normal that is ever evolving? Well, the message is quite clear and quite simple. So far, leaders tended to try and solve problems all by themselves. The advice is don't solve for it alone. Involve, empower your teams to jointly solve it. So learn from the teams and have them join you together in solving the challenges ahead for yourself. Moinish Sinha, thank you ever so much for speaking to the Brevis Living and Learning podcast. Thank you, Shivaraj, for having me. Really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. I hope these conversations have helped you in any way. If you have any questions, inputs, ideas, or would just like to connect with me or anyone in my network, shout out by writing in to me at shivraj at brevis.in. EdCast's Learning Health Index assumes even greater significance now. It is a measure of an organization's overall capabilities to cope and perform amidst these frequent shifts in market conditions and uncertain futures. To survive, sustain and grow, organizations need a healthy, multifaceted and agile learning ecosystem. Next week, we speak to Nishchai Suri from EdCast on the shifting sands in the learning ecosystem. How businesses must adapt reskilling and upskilling of their people if they are to stay ahead of the competitive curve, given that we are now living in a new normal. This is a podcast especially critical for learning and development professionals wanting to step in to make a difference. As a public communications coach, I sometimes find it exhilarating to dig deep, research already established wisdom, speak to experts and thought leaders to turn it all into my very own gold dust to help you. Look for us, Brevis Living and Learning Podcast, and follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or TuneIn Radio.